State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. You know, like you want to own the market. So the, the plan is that you can go so fast that no one will be able to compete. And at scale, it'll become super, super profitable uh, because you'll have everyone, um, you know? So there's a lot of upfront uh, investment that requires that, but you just push out all your competitors and then you own the market. For instance, take like a Salesforce, you know, they own the market. So we want to be a sales force of the barbershops around the world. So, and that, that requires capital, it requires speed, it requires execution. So uh, that's kind of, that's why we raise the money. So over the past week or so, I've had conversations in different places with no less than six entrepreneurs in the health, beauty, and wellness spaces. So I took that as a sign to put together an episode that outlines how black entrepreneurs in these spaces cannot just create jobs for themselves, but can scale a business that employs people and generates high volume revenue. The Small Business Administration put out a report a few years back that stated, and I'm paraphrasing, that minority owned businesses, 80% of them in fact, are in the bottom 20% of industries for revenue. This means that we do a great job of creating businesses that don't employ people outside of ourselves and maybe a family member and our revenues are low. We're not making enough money to grow significant businesses because we're creating unscalable operations in industries that are already fraught with low top lines. Businesses like daycares, landscaping businesses, barbershops and more. And if you're doing that, there's no problem. I'm just talking about the general landscape. So on today's episode, I bring you two conversations with black people who've done it in these industries and are still killing the game. First up is a snippet of a conversation I had on this here podcast with Courtney Adelaide, founder and CEO at The Main Choice, one of the largest brands in the hair care space. And we'll follow that up with the conversation from Afrotech Executive Los Angeles that I had with Dave Salvant and Song Laurent from Squire, which has built a barbershop point of sale and management system. Courtney Adelaide. When you look at the field of black women and men um, who start off in beauty, health, wellness companies, do you think they go hard enough? Like where, what keeps them from achieving the type of level of success you've achieved in this industry? Generally speaking, do I think they go hard enough? I would, I would have to, unfortunately, I would have to say no. I think for some reason, people think that when you operate on an average level, or if you're able to excel um, by just giving average, I think sometimes people think that's enough. But in order to really scale something and take it to the next level, it is going to require 
blood, sweat, and tears that I've come to the conclusion most people are not willing willing to do, you know, or they think that giving normal or average is okay, and it's not. I've I've seen a lot of people, you know, with shea butter companies and lotion companies yeah. and hair companies and et cetera. And I'd like you to speak to like knowing your numbers a little bit, because like, yeah. how do you price in early? How do you get to figuring out what those unit costs are? Like, what does it cost right. to make one bottle? Right. That is such an interesting uh, conversation and topic because it's the number one pain point when I do the master classes. I'll ask somebody their cost. Most people can't answer it. How much does it cost you to make this, this product? Or they'll tell me, oh, it's this. I'm like, wait a minute. Are we talking about the top, the bottle, the lid, the ingredients? And they're like, okay, well, yeah, okay, let me add the, but wait a minute. Who shipped this stuff? Did it ship from there to you? And who paid for the shipping? Why pay for it? Well, you have to put the shipping cost in there. So if you don't know your numbers, if you don't price your stuff right, I've seen it once. And I, I would definitely say that is one of the leading causes why people cannot scale their company. There are some people out there who have good products, good services, but their stuff is not priced right. And they're like, oh my God, I legit had $10,000 in sales this month, but I have $0 in my account. How? <laughs> Your numbers is not right. You can't even afford to run a sale if you wanted to. You can't even give 25% off. You can't give free shipping if your numbers is not priced where it's supposed to be. So I think that's 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 definitely up there as number one. There's no one. So does it require um, building a CPG company, a consumer packaged good company? Does it require venture funding? How, do, how can you bootstrap this? No, I think nowadays I'm, I like I got a philosophy that says grow as you go. That means you can go out there on social media. You can, and this is why it's important that I teach how to run social media and grow it because these are quote unquote free ways to market. If you make a dollar, and this is one thing I was always committed to for years, every dollar that I made, I put it right back into my company. Reinvest the money. If you spend $5,000 to build your company, and let's say you've, you've had $4,000 worth of sales, well, you still haven't made any money yet. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you spent five. So that, again, that's, that's, that's the tough part. But can you grow as you go? You don't necessarily have to get funding. You don't. And one thing I always say, especially African-Americans, we don't need funding. We need support. That's what we need. We need support. And I think if you have a good connection with your consumer, which is one thing that's top of, of my priority, I'm going to make sure I give a good product, make sure I ship on time, make sure I'm transparent. If there's any hiccups along the way, you have to be transparent with your consumer. We have, we all have them. I never ask for someone to give me a pass or I need two weeks to get this product to you. If there's a hiccup, I'm going to come to you directly as the owner. We've had a hiccup. This is how I'm going to resolve it. And when you do that, no one can, they, they can't help but to respect that and appreciate it and support you. So do you have to have funding? You don't. You just need to really learn communication and relationships. And I think that's key. So I won't speak for all of us, but I would imagine that any of my guys listening to this episode would have had at least one barber barbershop experience where the barber is late 
they're unprofessional they don't accept the kind of payment we have or we might be traveling and don't know how to find a local barber to tighten up our fade this is a common issue pervasive and one that dave Sylvain's song lebron decided to take on together building a suite of tools to help barbers be more professional on the business end and provide education to barbers to not only see themselves as contractors but as business people Squire is a barbershop point of sale and management system. And this conversation, which was held between me, Song, and Dave, was held at the first Afrotech Executive Los Angeles, where just a little bit previously, the co-founders of Squire had announced a $60 million Series D funding round, which would then value the company they built together at about $750 million. In the conversation you're about to hear, we discuss everything from Silicon Valley investor disbelief in the value of the market, how to get out and talk to people who you're building products for, and how barbers can see themselves as businesses and realize the market opportunity when they turn up their professionalism while still finding a way to keep their hustlers mentality. If you know a barber, share this episode with them. Um, to all the future CEOs, entrepreneurs out there, listen closely because my guys from Squire are about to take this stage and show y'all the winning formulas for startups. Please give a warm welcome to Dave Salvin, Song Laurent from Squire. You know when you got money, you walk like that. When you got money... <laughs> We just, we walk different. <laughs> it was a good year. Squire. How, how many of you guys, first of all, know what Squire is before? I want to, I want to level set. Um, so if you are a founder of a startup, raise your hand. I just want to, I want to know who's in the room right now. If you are a founder of a startup, you're running a company, all right? If you are an investor in companies, and you can still be a startup founder too if you're an investor. All right, so we, we wanna know who's in the room. If you are an executive, you climb up the corporate ladder, you are working for an enterprise, raise your hand also. We just wanna know who's in the room. If you are other, I don't know what else that is. If you are unemployed, you came to talk to Charles, you came to talk to Levi's. All right, we got a couple of those in here too. Um, squad, so you guys are in acquisition mode. You are aggressively looking to acquire. Let me take these sunglasses off. I'm sitting directly in the sunlight right now. Um, your team is growing quickly. You've got great technology. What's most important at this stage for, for Squire? Acquiring talent or acquiring gaps in the technology that you guys have? I think right now the most important is uh, acquiring talent, talent as in people. Um, I think we reach a critical point in the scale of the business where, you know, we need that layer of excellence at the top, and that's kind of where we are at this point. So just so y'all know, like these guys just raised a $60 million Series D, tripling their valuation, which they tripled about a year ago. So this is like the second triple of the valuation. These are billionaire boys right now that we're talking to. So I just want y'all to recognize who's on stage right now. Close, 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 close. No. <laughs> It's a billionaire boys. Um, so you guys are not barbers, but you do build technology for barbers and people who get their hair cut. And so I wonder what the feedback loop was like when you were building your company 
I did hear that you guys bought a barbershop or you ran a barbershop in New York just to get your hands dirty and learn about what it actually took to run the operation. How do you ensure that you're building something that barbers need? Like, what is that feedback loop like as you're building a product for something that you don't do? Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. I mean, it starts with talking to your customers as much as possible, trying to really learn from them, inserting yourself into their environment. So before we had our barbershop, we would just go and sit in shops for like hours, talking to people, talking to barbers, talking to owners. And you know, you want to try to understand and know your customers like better than they know themselves. That's the goal. And uh, yeah, that's, so that's what we did. And it's a constant, like you said, feedback loop. You're just getting information and just learning from them. So Dave, there, there are so many barbers out there that you could probably imagine who needed your product, maybe had the, an idea for a product like this. 
what was it that was so special about you guys that made it work and is really creating a lot of value in the marketplace for those guys today? I mean, uh, we started from our perspective. Uh, we, you know, both Sung and I, uh, back in like 2014, 2015, we're busy professionals. And, you know, every couple of, you know, couple of days or weeks, we had to get a haircut. And the process, uh, the process was very archaic. It hadn't changed since, you know, we were kids. So we actually took from a, took a consumer approach to it first and say, hey, what would be the best solution to make our lives easier? And then when we got into the, the real, you know, business, we understand the problem wasn't the consumer, it was on the business uh, side of things. So, so I mentioned this, a lot of barbers had this idea and some, some people are still out there trying to do it, but you guys found, you know, incredible success so far. How much of the value of what you're doing is in the idea versus the consistency, the hard work, and the grind? I mean, it's, it's, it's all about the execution. And we would, we would, I mean, it's one of those ideas where it's not rocket science. Like, a lot of people have thought about it. And like you say, a lot of barbers would always tell us, like, hey, yo, man, I had that idea. Like, I've been working on that. An app. I got an app for a bar. It's like, yeah. So <laughs> that's cool. But we tell us like it's a lot harder than you think it is to like build an app, and um, and we uh, we would it's like execution is really what matters, and like staying consistent and going through the hard times and just like continuing to strive for your goal, and not everybody's like willing to put in that long term like you know commitment until they see see their idea come to fruition, um, and one of our pet peeves is like we hate when people call Squire Barber app because like there's so much more to it. Like the app is like probably five to 10% of the entire product suite. It's really like a full like management system, back end, end to end, like almost like an operating system for the barbershop. But um, a lot of people, a lot of barbers still hear Squire and I think barber app. So, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you guys got accepted into arguably one of the most prestigious um, accelerators in the game back in like 2015. You, I think you graduated in 2015, so you probably went in 2016. 2016. Okay, and this was at a time when Silicon Valley still didn't believe that black hair care, black beauty, and et cetera, was a valuable proposition. Um, if you guys, you're sitting here today as the billionaire boys, you know, really, really successful entrepreneurs, but if you're reading Squire's application, to Y Combinator back then, what is it about your proposition to that accelerator that says, you know what, let's let these guys in? Uh, we applied three times. I mean, I think the kind of like, the trait is persistence, you know, not giving up, ro running through walls or jumping over fences. And I, I think, I think, you know, we didn't have, we, we, the first time we applied, we didn't, we weren't, we shouldn't have gotten in. The second time we applied, you know, um, we didn't get into the core batch, but we got into like a kind of like a, a fellowship program that allowed us to get into the batch the next time. But I think the fact that we didn't get on it, gave up, even if we weren't ready from a technology standpoint to get into the program, they saw that, you know, fire. And like I tell, you know, folks and founders all the time, it's, 95% founder at the beginning of the, at the beginning it's all about the founder you don't invest in the business the business is going to change but what doesn't change is the person you're investing in and you know when i now you know invest in companies 
that's what I, I, I look for is that, that hunger, that grit, that determination, because that is the, that is the key to success. And I think Y Combinator, they saw that among, in us. So there's so many people in this room even who are getting accelerated into new roles, whether they be founders seeing real opportunity for their offering or they are in the corporate space and they're getting promoted and finding uh, success that way. How did you guys learn how to be CEOs and how to be entrepreneurs and, and successful entrepreneurs and, and chief executives of millions and millions of dollars you're executing to make sure that that's strategically placed so that you create value for yourselves and for your investors. Um, very high stakes, and you're raising this money often during the pandemic. How did you learn how to be good executives? And how are you still learning how to do that? Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the greatest skill sets for entrepreneurs to be successful is the skill of, of learning and of continuously learning. Um, because if you're at a company that's successful, the, the company that Squire was when we had 10 employees was different when we had 50 employees versus now 200 employees. It's a totally different company. So the skills that you develop early on, you, you have to constantly be like leveling up and like learning and educating and, and trying to uh, you know, learn from your mistakes. You can't stay fixed in one, one area. You can't stay fixed in like one phase. You have to constantly be growing. So I think that's probably like 
the biggest thing that I would say. There's no one skill that I could say, if you learn this, you'll be a founder. It's really tr trial and error and learning from your mistakes. You know, Song, you said something early in the conversation about getting out and talking to the people who, that you're building a product for. And you guys today are in over 2,000 shops, um, internationally even. Um, can you talk about what some of those early conversations were like when you just got this idea and you're going to talk to barbers? What is that conversation like so that you're, you're asking the right questions so you can get the answers that you need to build something? Um, you know, first of all, a lot of bad haircuts. You know, because like, you know, I, I've, I've gone to shops in, in Sacramento where no one looks like me there. And, you know, in order to get a half hour of someone's time, you got to sit in the chair. <laughs> so I had to get, there's times I've gotten three haircuts in a day. But, but I, I think uh, most importantly, it's just asking the questions that you want to know and, you know, delivering on what you said. So, for example, um, you know, you, you ask, it's the same thing with like, you know, if you're asking for investment, it's like, hey, what do you need, okay? Um, and if I build X, Y, and Z, will you come on? And you get the commitment. Once you get the commitment, it's up to you to go execute against that. And then when, when you come back and say, hey, I've, I've done it, it's very hard for people to say no when, when you say, hey, here's the goal line. I'm at the goal line now. What's up? So, so that, a lot of those conversations had, we had early on. You know, it's, it's one thing to find success domestically, but you guys are on three continents now. Um, and there's a lot of people in this room who are creating value for people all across the world who look like us. I don't know where Michelle went, but she's, you know, her audience is not just here in the United States. And Detavio, if you people like that, they're creating um, entertainment, news, media for people who live all across the world. How do you find success building something for people who live a life like we've not seen here domestically? Yeah, I think the advantage for Squire for us is that barbershops are mostly the same where anywhere in the world for the most part. You know, you can, there's only so many ways to cut hair. You know, there's only so many kind of services you can do. So, so for us, like launching in Canada or launching in the UK, like it didn't, require like fundamental like shifts in our product or in like our business model or strategy. Um, there are nuances, cultural nuances that you have to be, you know, cognizant of. Um, we definitely made some mistakes the first time when we tried to launch in London. Um, and that was earlier on. And I was doing a lot of it myself. I flew out there. We had this big customer, like a 40, 50 location. And we thought we were just going to get them on. And, uh, you know, we fucked up. Like we just didn't. We didn't do it well, we didn't onboard them well, we didn't, we didn't realize like some of the nuances about how they operated things there, and it was a horrible experience. And we kind of had to go back with our tail between our legs and, and, and learn from that. And a few months later, we, we eventually successfully did it. But uh, so, yeah, so for us, the international expansion is not, it's probably, it's not like a lot of other places, but I would say like learning the cultural nuances of every country that you're trying to get into is very important. You know, Dave, uh, I've interviewed you on the podcast before, and, you, and you've heard before, I'm sure, that when investors are looking to invest in a company, one of the questions is, you know, what makes you the right person to do this? What would you guys say about those early conversations with investors, how you convinced them that you were building something that you were able to execute on? I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think the, the journey is super, super important. Like, when... Early on, you know, people said, you know, we got a lot of passes. Uh,
you know, investors used to think, you know, we were because we were black, we were targeting black barbershops. So a lot of it was market size related. But, you know, I guess it's a combination of we actually did the work. So we ran a barbershop. So we thought we were uniquely positioned to build the best software for barbershop, barbers and barbershops because we actually sat there in the kitchen and, and, and built the software from that perspective. And the other thing is, you know, tenacity. We, we didn't give up, you know, and, you know, I, I think, and we didn't get the best deals. You know, we didn't get the best deals early on, uh, but, you know, I think around like 2019, there was an inflection point where the business started taking off and then we were able to, you know, attract capital at, a, at, at prices that are very advantageous to us. I want to go in there because you've, you've gone on the record talking about how venture capital can be a necessary evil. Um, and what are some of the advantages? Because so many of us do struggle with raising capital, but what are some of the benefits of raising capital that you guys have found to be true generally for startups, technology startups? Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. This gives you fuel, you know, it gives you time, it gives you fuel, it gives you resources. It allows you to like move faster than competition and just really try to like own the market, yeah. Help my brother out right there. Yeah, help all of us out. We are. <laughs> yeah. Mapped it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's it's a, it's a it's a strategic advantage, you know. And it can be used it can be used as as to wield it as a shield and as a sword, like aggressively. So you can do things that an undercapitalized company just won't be able to do. And you can hire the best people. Um, so you know there are some disadvantages to raising money, and we can talk about that, but. I think that the advantages outweigh the disadvantages for sure. I do want to talk about that because when we see these, in many ways, outrageous numbers, um, when we talk about a company can raise something like sixty million dollars, like you guys, and you know somebody like a Delaney Parnell with Play versus you know raise ninety million, a hundred dollars, and these numbers, you often and I heard like you guys weren't even looking to raise at the time, and why does a company need that kind of capital? 
And so when the public is reading these stories, like, what is the plan? Like, what do you, what's the plan? What are you, how are you going to deploy this capital? I mean, and of one, you know, like, you want to own the market. So the, the plan is that you can go so fast that no one will be able to compete. And at scale, it'll become super, super profitable uh, because you'll have everyone, um, you know? So there's a lot of upfront uh, investment that requires that. But you just push out all your competitors and then you own the market. For instance, take like a Salesforce. You know, they own the market. So we want to be a Salesforce of the barbershops around the world. So, and that, that requires capital, it requires speed, it requires execution. So uh, that's kind of, that's why we raised the money. You know, I, you, Song said something earlier, like he doesn't appreciate when people call it just a barbershop app because that's like just one little sliver of your offering. And you do have that CRM, that client relationship management software in there. You do have those analytics that you provide to barbers. But I'm curious on how too many of our barbers see themselves as just somebody who just goes and cuts heads. They don't see themselves as a business. And they are a business, but they don't see themselves, so they, therefore they may not implement business practices. How much of what you're offering, how do you educate them on how to use analytics? How do you educate them on how to deploy for themselves that client relationship management portion of your offering? Yeah, yeah, it, it is, that is a challenge, uh, particularly for like black barbershops. Um, it's, we, we've historically been so undercapitalized and, and overlooked in, in many ways that a lot of times our entrepreneurs, our small business owners don't have the resources and experience. Um, so we try to educate, we try to train our salespeople to be very consultative, to like really explain to them like all the benefits that Squire brings. And also we try to get them to understand the benefits of, of not being a cash only business in the 21st century. Like they're gonna lose. Every cash only business is gonna lose. It's just a matter of when. And, and some of them are resistant to that for you know, obvious reasons. But we think that in the long run, they'll be better off. They'll be able to earn more money, more re repeatable, consistent money by taking accepting cards. And, um, and that's where consumers are. Everybody here has a smartphone and a, and a debit card or credit card. Like, and that's where the future is going, not back to cash. So that's something that we try to get them to understand as well. You know, they, I've read stories where you've, you know, you, you've expressed that you want yourself to be an indicator that raising this amount of capital is possible, but you want to open the door for other people to be able to raise these levels of, of capital. Can you talk a little bit about if you see the landscape for us being able to raise significant capital, not just $100,000 checks, not just $25,000 checks, do you see that landscape changing? Um, it's supposed to get easier. It's supposed to get easier. And I, I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, I don't want it to be difficult for the next round of entrepreneurs to come by. You know, obviously we're not typical uh, entrepreneurs in the, in the sense of, you know, Silicon Valley, but, you know, what we've done hopefully allows folks uh, to raise capital earlier and easier. Um, you know, because they have a, you know, the VCs are overwhelmingly, you know, white, white folks. And, and, you know, they have to point to, they have the pattern match. And I understand pattern matching because, you know, humans naturally pattern match. Um, but now, hopefully, the, the thought is the more successful we come, we become, the more easier it is to, you know, pattern match against us. And uh, that's what it's, it's, it's all about. Um, we, we got a lot of passes early on, a lot in the hundreds, a lot of no's, a lot of no's, a lot of fucking no's. And, and, and those folks 
are, I know some of those folks have personally reached out and said, I didn't see it, but you know, good luck. And the hope is next time they see a Squire-like company, guys with not traditional backgrounds or what you can say traditional, they will give them a chance. Because, you know, to them, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but to the founding entrepreneur, it can make a world of difference. So, so that's the hope and, that, and that's the goal. So before I get out of here today, I want to drop a line about Afrotech Executive. For this episode and the last, we've dipped our toes in the water of what it's like to be at an Afrotech Executive event. Events that are solely focused on C-suite executives, founders, and VCs, where we talk with some of the biggest names in the industry about how it really goes down behind the scenes. In intimate environments, by the way. So far, we've touched down in Los Angeles, Miami, Brooklyn, and just announced a couple of days ago is the next Afrotech executive event, and it'll be held in Washington, D.C. Meet us in the nation's capital for our last East Coast stop in this series for 2022. Join us for an evening celebration of connections, community, the ones we've built this year and the ones we're going to grow. Shine a light on the opportunities to cultivate black wealth with some of the best and brightest in the game. Tickets are available now at experience.afrotech.com. And I so look forward to seeing you there. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. And it's produced by Morgan DeBon and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Marissa Lewis. Special thank you to Micah Davis, Jermaine Hall, and Sakara Savanyan. You know, like the wine? Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. And if you are enjoying Black Tech Green Money, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Go get your money. Peace and love. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.